Blog Talk Radio. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. the founder, co-creator of the Main Street Universe Radio Network, along with my good friend, Mr. Kevin Barrett, and quite a few others on this journey. We will be back. We'll be playing a song from our good friends, Woven Green, who I posted a video of on Facebook today, Jim and Ashley Cash. This is Six Sun. We're waiting for Susan Weed, and we'll be right back. Join us. good friends of ours, and they were on our album, Songs of the New Old Ways, from Dragon's Head, and I see Susan is in the queue, bring her on, welcome Susan. Ah, how are you this week? Very well, a little tired, I'm actually very tired, <laughs> but that's okay, <laughs> okay I've just good. been working much more physically, and so I'm just a little, but you got it. <laughs> right. And it's hot. Hmm. Which makes us tireder. Exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> Here we have been struggling with the well at the apprentice house. And I don't think I would have done it the way it was done if I had been asked, but I inherited it. Um, and in an area where the main well for the entire community for a hundred years is literally a hundred steps from the door of the house, they drilled a six hundred foot deep well, mm. wow. which for this area is absurdly deep. And so when it stopped working, there was a total panic because nobody had the equipment to get the pump out of the well that deep. And we finally found the people who did have the equipment to come and draw the pump out of that deep, deep, deep well. 
And they said, oh, well, the pump is fine, but the uh, the wire to it is old-fashioned and doesn't work anymore. And so they replaced the wire and dropped the pump back down in there, but then the pump didn't work, and they had to pull the whole thing out again, which is a lot of casing, 600 feet of casing. And put a new pump down there. So they had, they really had their work cut out for them today. So that has been our our saga. As I often say in the country, um, getting water into the house is pretty easy. It's getting it out that's hard, but in this instance, it was definitely the getting it in that was hard. Although I thought, you know, if we can't find anybody who can come and, like, you know, pull this pump, then maybe we'll just, like, go back to the well that everybody used for 100 years and use that. <laughs> Uh, but we're such modern people. We do not like that. Well, the cat has decided to come and keep us company this week. Oh. But cats usually don't like mushrooms. Of the many strange things that cats have been known to like, I have heard of cats who like cantaloupe. And winter squash. They seem to like orange things, although I've never heard of a cat who likes oranges. But no cat that I know of likes mushrooms. This cat was a little interested in my ice cream the other night. But then I had kava kava syrup on it, so she really wasn't sure at all. Which she was attracted to. Uh, it was a chocolate kava kava syrup that somebody had given me mm. from their class on aphrodisiacs, and I was very happy to have it, and very happy to have it as a topping for my ice cream. How indulgent. Are we still on? You still there? Yeah. I just oh, okay. wasn't, I was letting you go. <laughs> no, that's absolutely that, fine. Yeah, there was, was like such incredible silence the silence of a broken life. When I was a little girl, my parents' business was to make ice cream. Oh. They had this enormous ice cream maker that would make like a hundred gallons of ice cream at a time. You know, this you know, this big um Round containers, like if you go to get gelato and there's a big round container of the stuff, and this machine would crank out like 20 or 25 of those containers. And it was frozen custard. It wasn't really ice cream, which means there was egg in it. It was so good. And my parents are real uh, foodies. And so they made sure, you know, that there was good strawberries that went in the strawberry ice cream and real chocolate that went in the chocolate ice cream. And it was um, a very interesting childhood, basically having as much ice cream as I wanted. <laughs> it wasn't like a special thing. It was like, ah, you know, th- you know, this bit of ice cream was, you know, isn't good enough to sell, or something happened to it. You know, not that it was fell on the floor or anything, but l- Often I think that it wouldn't make like a precise number of containers so they wouldn't be full and the the not quite full one would have to be brought home and disposed of. (laughs) And my my siblings and I were very happy to help out in this part of the business of disposing of the unneeded ice cream. As a matter of fact, 
in my adult will, life, it was many years before I could feel safe and comfortable in the world if I didn't have ice cream in my freezer. Now I can. It's okay. <laughs> and I don't check other people's freezers to be sure they have ice cream in an emergency either. But it's um, what an incredible food, huh? <clears throat> Absolutely. Cream, oh. eggs, milk, sugar. Because of the fat, um, it keeps the sugar from uh, making such a spike in your um, blood. Right. The cat says she wants to know how <clears throat> people in other countries have used Rishi. And she's saying that by <clears throat> opening the book repeatedly to that page here while we've been talking. So, I'm, the book we're talking about is Herbal Antibiotics by Stephen Herod Booner. And we have been <clears throat> enjoying ourselves roaming around in this book, <clears throat> using it as a springboard for discussion and discovery. Um, <clears throat> remember some weeks ago we talked about bone set. I remember. I think that was, um, what, three or four weeks ago that we talked about bone set. And we started the show with your saying, oh, bone set um, drives out demons. Right. And then I said something like, hmm, well, we're pretty short supply of demons in the modern world. Maybe it could drive out, um, you know, tick-borne diseases. Those are like modern demons. And then we read what Stephen had to say, and like, sure enough, he says, yeah, you know, tick-borne diseases. Whoa. Um, and I'm considering that I may be dealing with such a thing. So I've been taking bone set. A dropper full anywhere from one to three times a day uh, for that entire period, which is a little over three weeks now. And it is definitely making me feel a huge amount better. I'll tell you, <clears throat> I'm at a tricky place with the, with the bone set. And I've been taking um, four to six drops of teasel tincture as well. And that is, on days when I take the teasel tincture and the bone set, I feel so good that I forget to take my remedies the next day. Mm. And, then I, and then I really notice, by the time it's starting to get dark, whoa, that I have not taken my teasel and my bone set. And they don't do quite as much when I start working with them that late in the day as they do when I start out first thing in the morning. So now it's really at a point where I, where I say to myself, Okay, good. You're up. Go take, you know, 46 drops of teasel. Go take some bone set and, and a little bit of water and start your day that way. And um, I'm before I was waking up with headaches, no headaches. Before I was having taser-like pain in my muscles, none of that anymore. Um, before I was having um, um, really tender scalp, that has completely receded. Um, I think I mentioned that I had some weakness in my legs. That's completely gone. Um, just everything seems to have really improved. Thank you, Stephen Booner, with the addition of Boneset to the teasel that I was already taking. So Rishi, he says, is a hard, tough, woody mushroom with a shinier, varnished appearance to the cap. The Latin word for the primary medicinal species is lucidum, which means shiny. Ganoderma, 
means the same thing. Gano comes from the Greek bright, and derma is skin. So ganoderma lucitim means um, shiny, shiny skin. Or skin shiny, shiny, or shiny skin shiny, something like that. There are lots of different colors, as we talked about. In Chinese, um, the different colors of the cap are ascribed different kinds of uses and values. But as I said, then the one that's most commonly found in the United States is the red Ganoderma lucidum, which is the more generally used one in China as well. Look for reishi mushrooms right about now on dead or dying trees such as oak, elm, maple, willow, sweet gum, magnolia, plum, and locust. And occasionally you will find Ganoderma growing on pine, larch, and spruce. The fruiting mushroom body can be harvested at any time, and you don't need to do anything particular to them. Just be sure they're really dry before you store them and keep them in the dark. They will last for years, decades, centuries. And you can cultivate reishi. Remember I mentioned that in Japan there were often reishi logs right at the supermarket. It does best in a non-aromatic hardwood like the ones that we mentioned before. And you can get the plugs and do it yourself. Um, Fungi Perfecti sells plugs and Fungi Perfecti also sells mushroom logs. And that's Paul Stamets, S-T-A-M-E-T-E-S, Paul Stamets, at Fungi Perfect Eye. If you do your own, you'll have to cut down the tree, dry it for a year, cut it into sections, dry it a few more months, drill, insert the plugs in spring after the last frost, and then it'll take a year for the mycelium to spread through the log, and then a year after that, it will begin producing mushrooms. And so you can see why a lot of people prefer to buy their mushrooms. Already grown sounds like fun, but it is indeed a lot of patient waiting. Oh, and he says that the uh, website for Fungi Perfecti is www.fungi.com. Thank you, Stephen Herod Booner. Over five hundred different, excuse me, over 400 different bioactive constituents have been identified in Rishi to date. 140 of them are triterpenes, primarily ganodermic acids. Over 100 additional compounds are polysaccharides, which produce many of the plant's immune actions. There's a very interesting protein, the LZ8 protein that has very strong immunostimulating actions in the spleen and on peripheral lymphocytes. In India, reishi is not really known, although maybe the mysterious chi fungus, which was the herb of immortality, might be reishi. Versions of the Indian legends of the chi fungus are actually rife, according to Stephen, in ancient Chinese literature and are considered by many historical figures to be Ling Chi or Ri Chi. But Stephen came up empty when he looked in his library and asked people in the Ayurvedic practice to talk about using Ri Chi. However, in traditional Chinese medicine, Ganoderma is Ling Chi, the mushroom of immortality, and Ri Chi. In Japan, which is what we commonly call it, 
Rishi is reputed to be a longevity tonic and vitality enhancing. It has been used continuously throughout China and Japan for at least 4,000 years. How? For what? In the treatment of debility from prolonged illness. Deficiency diseases, fatigue, is an anti-aging herb against coronary heart disease, hepatitis, kidney disease, arthritis, hypertension, sleep disorders, asthma, bronchitis, ulcers, and nerve pain. Traditional Chinese medicine says that reishi is warming, tonic, nourishing, antitoxic, astringent, and dispersing of accumulations. At least five different species of Ganoderma are used in traditional medicine in China and Japan for different orders. But once again, that Ganoderma lucidum is considered to be the strongest of them. Isn't it lucky that that's the one that grows around us? Apparently, in Western botanic practice, Rishi was unknown until about the 1960s or 70s, when there was uh, the beginning of the introduction into American herbalism of herbs from China. And extensive studies carried out on reishi, which we're just about to get into, have convinced herbalists and many other people in the United States to use reishi and to use more mushrooms. I do confess that mushrooms were my first love, and then I spent quite a few years studying and working with mushrooms before I kind of transitioned over to plants and even taught people about mushrooms. And one of the reasons that I did transition to plants is that mushrooms are just, oh, you know, you could never be sure that what you have taught has been heard in the right way and that people are not going to go about and eat the wrong thing. One of my students, one of my correspondence course students was telling me that she was at a mushroom foraging workshop and that the instructor brought with him all of these poisonous mushrooms to show people what the poisonous ones were and they were all packaged up with big warnings but that she felt like dizzy and sick to her stomach from even like looking at them and including he had a destroying angel and some other very poisonous ones and I went oh gosh you know that would that would make me horribly horribly nervous that people would simply remember those and eat them because they wouldn't remember what it was they were supposed to remember about them so I always took the other take was I only brought in the safe ones the puffballs and the, the shaggy manes and the, the chanterelles so that people would look at those and remember those and, and only eat the safe ones but altogether plants are a lot lot safer um, but I have always especially in my dietary advice and my own diet um seen the benefit of including mushrooms, especially wild mushrooms. I think that um, it's not just reishi that has these polysaccharides and triterpenes that are so good for our immune systems. I think all of the wild mushrooms do. And I also think that they are really incredible powerhouses of minerals, although I hardly ever see that discussed. The best overview of Ganoderma Overviews of Ganoderma, I think, are S. Bhagwan et al. Ganoderma lucidum, a potent pharmacological macrofungus, and R. Russell, Ganoderma, a therapeutic fungal biofactory. What do they tell us? 
in vivo and in vitro studies have found reishi to be liver regenerative, liver protective, choleratic, liver enzyme normalizing, analgesic, anti-allergenic, anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral, antioxidant, anti-tumor. Boy, she has a lot of antis, this one. Hypotensive, in other words, it brings down blood pressure. A bronchial relaxant, immunostimulant, immunomodulating, cardiotonic, expectorant, and antitussive. Human trials have found that Rishi is effective for neurasthenia, insomnia, dizziness, duodenal ulcers, liver pain, rhinitis, muscular dystrophy, stress, Alzheimer's, hyperlipidemia, liver failure, diabetes, cancer, immune enhancement, and hepatitis. Although not primarily thought of as an antibacterial or an antifungal, Rishi is a fairly potent anti-antibacterial, antifungal, and antiviral. Indeed, I would not have thought of it as those things. Rishi is antibacterial against Heliobacter pylori. That's the bacteria that causes ulcers. Pseudomonas syringi, Pseudomonas aeruginosa, E. coli, Bacillus subtilis, Staphylococcus aureus, Klebsiella pneumoniae, Salmonella typhi, Micrococcus flavus, and Micrococcus luteus. Those are some bad players. I'm so glad we have Rishi on our side against them. Rishi has been shown to be a strong antiviral, especially against hepatitis viruses. It is also active against influenza A viruses. Hmm. Elderberry and Rishi cordial. It is potently strong against herpes simplex 1 and 2. It inhibits their attachment and penetration in cells and is strongly active against Epstein-Barr and HIV. Rishi is active against Candida, Microsporum, Trichophyton, and Plasmoidal Parasites. Like Eleuthero, Rishi has profound effects on the immune system, especially the spleen, stimulating its immune responses considerably. Rishi is strongly mitogenic, especially on splenocytes, stimulating the generation of highly active immune cells. In other words, in very simple words, Rishi nourishes the spleen and allows it to create generations of very active immune cells. Rishi also activates the immune effector cells such as T cells, macrophages, natural killer cells. Rishi increases the body's production of cytokines including interleukin, tumor necrosis factor, and interferon. Rishi potently stimulates macrophages and their activity in the body against pathogens. This is very much like what echinacea does. The primary clinical studies on enhancement of immune function have mostly been done with cancer patients, and immune studies have been mostly done with animals or petri dishes. 
Rishi has a number of fairly potent anti-cancer actions which are generating a whole lot of interest. Rishi reduces angiogenesis. In other words, it stops the growth of blood vessels to the cancerous cells. This is one of the major stages in the growth of a cancer. And breast cancer, for instance, um, is not set up to really kill until this blood vessel growth comes to it, and then it can spread to other parts of the body. Similarly so for prostate cancer and a few other cancers that absolutely depend on angiogenesis to be deadly. Rishi reduces the formation of new blood cells by tumors as well and is anti-proliferative. So it has a direct anti-cancer effect on the cells and it has a especially strong effect on certain cancer cell lines including cancer cell lines from the prostate, the colon, from leukemia, lymphoma, and myeloma. It strongly inhibits intracellular signaling and stops invasive behavior of cancer cells. Rishi protects the body from radiation damage during cancer treatment and mediates cancer cell growth through enhancement of host immune defenses. In one human trial, 355 people with hepatitis B took a formula containing Rishi, and 92.4% showed improvement. A different trial also gave patients with hepatitis B Rishi, and they found that there was an alleviation of hepatitis symptoms and a lowering of blood indicator levels of liver dysfunction. Other trials have shown that Rishi is capable of lowering blood pressure in all patients with hypertension, and it usually takes about six months. There was also a trial of over 2,000 patients with chronic bronchitis, and 60 to 90% experienced alleviation of symptoms, marked improvement, and weight gain. Studies with people with high blood pressure consistently show improvement in blood pressure levels and people with impaired memory and thinking have shown increased mental clarity and memory. Rishi has a long history of folk and historical clinical use in protecting the liver against Amanita phalliotes, which is related to the destroying angel mushroom. Although, Stephen says, I could not locate a specific trial that showed this to be true. It is simply found throughout folk medicine. And I, I have a friend with bronchitis, and I want to let her know about... That's a big trial, 2,000 people, yeah. for... 60 to 90% of them to show improvement. That's just amazing. And uh, she's really open to herbs. So uh, I bet that that would be fascinating to her. I just wanted to your time and say we're coming down to it now. We're coming close to it. We are indeed coming closer and closer now. 
in this, Stephen mentioned that Rishi was somewhat like a Luthero. And a Luthero-Caucasenticosis is indeed a another herbal medicine that has been used as a general um, immune system tonic as an adaptogen, something that helps us to adapt to changing circumstances. And it has also been used by Rishi as an anti-cancer thing. It used to be called Siberian ginseng, but we decided since it's not from Siberia and it isn't ginseng that we shouldn't call it that. We'll just call it by its botanical name, Eleuthero, um, short for Eleutherococcus. And I thought that we would jump in to Eleuthero next week and see what Stephen has to say about that. Getting bored of this book yet? Oh, I think it's fantastic. I love it. (laughs) It's just a fabulous, fabulous book. This is Herbal Antibiotics, Natural Alternatives for Treating Drug-Resistant Bacteria, and any bacteria at all, by Stephen Herod Booner. And you can get it at the Wise Woman Bookshop, along with all of my great books. And you can also get my books and Stephen Herod Booner's books at that sales place that's named after a big, strong woman. And this is just one of many books that Stephen Herod Booner has out, each one as good, if not better, than the last. I highly recommend every single book that he has ever done. One of my favorites of his is Sacred Herbal Beers. Great time of the year oh. to be making beer. It sounds nice. I think there's a few mead recipes in there, too. All right. And thank you so much, Susan, for joining us again. Talk to you next week. Green blessings. Oh, and you know what? Before we sign off, uh, let's see. Next week is Monday, August 9th. Mm. Sorry. Yes, Monday, August Tuesday, August 9th, and the following week, I am going to be entertaining the Green Goddesses here. It's our Green Goddess Apprentice Week, and so okay. I'm going to I'm going to ask for that week off. That will be, it shall be permit, permitted. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you so much, you gracious and kind ruler. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll be back with you next week with Eleuthero, and we may have to leave that hanging a bit while I take a green Goddess Apprentice Week break, but then we'll be back at the end of the month. Okay. All right. Indeed. Thank you for helping me to reweave the healing cloak of the ancients and to restore herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine. Green blessings are right outside your door. Good night. Absolutely. And remember, everyone, we're here every, except for the night she mentioned, Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time for a half-hour herbal medicine class like no other. Green blessings to all. Thank you, and have a great evening. Blessed are we in the awakening dawn. Blessed are we in the morning. Blessed are
forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. <laughs> 